ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with the top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here's your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to the 179th ever show of All Around Sports. Reach Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. We broadcast live from Boston, but today we are in Dallas for the College Football Playoff National Championship weekend. And we go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this week and what's coming up for the weekend. To join the show, the call-in number is one 888 Three four six nine one four four, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsports.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, later in the show, we will be joined by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, who is also here in Dallas. Well, my highlight of the week is indeed being here in Dallas for the first ever college football playoff national championship Monday night when Ohio State will face Oregon and got in yesterday into Dallas and so far it feels a lot, looks a lot like a Super Bowl, which is the highest compliment I can possibly play. Uh, The folks here running the college football playoff. Uh, from Bill Hancock right down through Gina Leahy are just doing a fabulous job, ultra professional, and lots of activities planned throughout the weekend, Uh, media day tomorrow, um, and just, again, a host of activities, very much like a Super Bowl week. And it actually kicked off a couple of hours ago with, as Bill Hancock said, and Bill Hancock is the director of the college football playoff. As he said, it was uh, the first event of the first weekend ever for the college football playoff. And what it was was the National Football Foundation induction uh, naming their 2015 College Football Hall of Fame class. Quite an event. Just came from the press conference less than an hour ago. And among those in attendance were Lou Holtz, Charles Haley, Gary Reasons, D.D. Lewis. Uh, so it was really a who's who. The MC was Reese Davis, Archie Manning spoke, and of course Bill Hancock spoke. So it was really uh, Jay Novacek was there, as was Doug Donnelly, Gil Brandt. So it was just... Uh, a bit of a who's who of the football world. And that was just in the audience. There were 17 players and coaches named to this year's class. Four were in attendance. Brian Bosworth, Bob Brunig, Lincoln Kennedy, and Coach Bill Snyder of Kansas State. The other players named to the class were Trev Alberts from Nebraska, Sean Brewer from Millsaps, Reuben Brown from Pitt, Wes Chandler from Florida, Tom Gatewood from Notre Dame, Dick Duran from Yale, Clinton Jones from Michigan State, Rob Lytle from Michigan, 
Michael Payton from Marshall, Art Still from Kentucky, Zach Thomas from Texas Tech, and Ricky Williams from Texas. In addition to Bill Snyder, the other coach's name was Jim Tressel, who won the national championship at Ohio State. And so that's the 2015 class for the National Football Foundation Hall of Fame. And it was, uh, again, just the first of many, many events going on, number of concerts uh, happening uh, tonight. Toby Keith, Lady Antebellum, tomorrow night, Lenny Kravitz, Sunday night, Sting. Uh, the game, of course, is Monday. So there's be lots of press conferences, as I mentioned already, media day tomorrow, which will be terrific. And uh, so the CFP, uh, Public Relations Department, and the organization as a whole have just planned a spectacular weekend. I am thrilled and honored to be here and just can't wait. And the game, of course, is at the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium, Monday night. Should be special. Oregon and Ohio State, uh, it just shapes up as a great first-ever game for uh, the College Football National Championship. This is going to be, as I have predicted, a national tradition uh, like the Super Bowl second Monday of every January, next year's in Phoenix, two years from now is in Tampa, and it is really going to be uh, just truly, truly uh, something special. So we're all winners in this one. It's a high time, as we all college football fans know, and the time has finally arrived. My low light of the week uh, is, unfortunately, the Dallas weather. It's Really chilly. Any of you watching ESPN uh, throughout the week can tell. They're on live as I speak. Uh, and it is in the 30s. And 30s in Texas is chilly. As you know, I'm from Boston. And left yesterday. It was single digits. But 30s here almost feels like single digits there. There's just something about this Texas cold Maybe it's the winds blowing off the plains, whatever. Uh, and, of course, it's a bit of a throwback to last time I was here, which was the Super Bowl week when the Steelers played the Packers a few years back, and that was the uh, apocalyptic weather. Nothing like that happening this weekend. It's just going to be maybe a little rain. But Monday looks good for game day. But uh, just hard to believe that it's another cold weekend when the national media and uh, a national championship, i.e. a Super Bowl championship, is being decided. And uh, the weather, unfortunately, is not cooperating. So that's not a good thing. But nonetheless, as I said, happy to be here. No place else I'd rather be. And uh, so, again, we'll just have to uh, tough it out. This time I dressed. Brought the proper winter clothing from Boston, which was easy to do since it was uh, two degrees the other night. So I had everything ready to bring to Texas, knew the weather report, and uh, it'll be fine. No doubt about it. My bizarre story of the week, must be a Hall of Fame week, was uh, the baseball Hall of Fame announcement. Uh, and basically what I thought was bizarre was that Kurt Schilling... Uh, 
who happens to live in the same town I do outside Boston, uh, only got about 39% of the vote. You know, uh, in my mind, a Hall of Famer is someone who, first and foremost, produces in the biggest moments. And Kurt Schilling certainly did that. I was a, uh, a ringside seat for the 2004 curse-busting World Series championship of the Red Sox, the Bloody Sox, all of it. Schilling was awesome then. And, of course, he had preceded that a few years earlier uh, by doing the same, being awesome in the postseason for the Arizona Diamondbacks, along with his running mate, Randy Johnson, who was elected to the Hall of Fame uh, this week. Uh, and, of course, uh, another one of his former teammates, uh, Pedro Martinez, was also elected. So that was terrific as well. So it was, uh, again, I, I'm just not uh, not understanding why Kurt Schilling is not getting a higher percentage of the vote. Again, I just think that he defines, literally, uh, what a Hall of Famer should be. And uh, with that postseason performance and some other, uh, you know, very solid regular season numbers, he was a workhorse. Uh, we're not talking, you know, 300 victories or anything, but that to me is secondary. Again, it's, you know, who produced in the biggest moments. That to me is what... Uh, what defines a Hall of Famer by any and all standards. So uh, here's hoping that somehow, some way, that percentage starts to uh, starts to rise up here in the near future. But anyways, just sticking with the Hall of Fame, you know, this College Football Hall of Fame uh, press conference was really, really special. You know, it was a packed room here at the... Uh, Dallas Renaissance Marriott and uh, you know again just a who's who packed with media and just really really well done and if this is any indication of uh, you know how the rest of the weekend's going to go then it's going to be even better than expected because it was just uh, really well run uh I was glad to see Rick Williams get in. I just think that he is, uh, you know, a unique player and, uh, you know, played pretty recently, uh, it feels. And uh, Brian Bosworth, he was on the podium this morning. He was just terrific. He really was. He said when he got the call, literally took his breath away. And uh, so he, he was great to listen to. Uh, Bob Brunig uh, from Arizona State, but also the Dallas Cowboys. Also, uh, you know, just very gracious, um, to say the least. Uh, he was just wonderful to listen to. And uh, Bill Snyder, who literally defines humble, uh, was terrific. Uh, great to just hear his reaction. And then Lincoln Kennedy, who's... Uh, has done some radio with Fox Sports, I believe it is. Uh, you know, very good speaker, and he was also just terrific to listen to. So again, it was just really a uh, you know wonderful event. One person who jumped out at me was Tom Gatewood. He was someone that I really, really enjoyed 
uh, when he played at Notre Dame. Um, it was just great to see him elected. And, uh, you know, just lots of just household names. <coughs> Excuse me. And uh, a little sneeze there. Dick Duran from Yale. That was great to see. I'm based in New England, so it's always nice to see uh, a New Englander get elected. Wes Chandler, who was terrific at Florida. Remember him well. Great to see him. Trev Alberts, another one, who was also terrific. And on and on and on we go. Zach Thomas, great linebacker at Texas Tech, but also with the Miami Dolphins. So just quite a list. And now, as my former co-host, Lee Mont Williams from Outside the Huddle, likes to say, it's time to pay some bills, so let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham of Bama Magazine. Now you don't have to stay linked to your desktop or laptop. Take Voice America on the go and listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Want to experience football from the perspective of two former players who also have coaching experience? Tune in to Sports Info UM with Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. We'll talk about the drafts, play-by-play, and even what's happening in the offseason. Daryl and Sam have the connections and the knowledge to bring you the inside stories of the game's past, present, and future. We'll cover the camps, on and off field, and everything else, football and beyond. Sports Info UM is heard Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Sports Channel. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment two of All Around Sports. And I am your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And at that time of the show, when we often have guests on the line with us, is our week guest expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine, who is here with me in Dallas as well. We just saw each other at the uh, announcement of the 2015 College Football Hall of Fame class. And, A.P., I guess I don't have to ask how you're doing today. I already know. We've already <laughs> covered it in person. Yeah. yeah, I'm doing pretty well, John. It's good to see you. Good to see you. We're here here in the uh, 
same hotel doing the show, and uh, which is the college football playoff headquarters, the Renaissance Marriott. I'm literally looking right out my window at the Dallas skyline, so it's about five, ten minutes from downtown, if that. But, AP, great way to uh, start off the, the weekend with the, as Bill Hancock said, the inaugural event for the first ever college football playoff weekend. Uh, I thought it was terrific, and I thought it was a great class, and, and the four in attendance in person was also great, especially, you know, Brian Bosworth. How often do you get to see the Boz, right? <laughs> yeah, the, 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 the real boss was in person, live and in living color. It was fun. It was really fun. Characters. Yeah, well, I was very impressed by him. I thought he was just gracious and candid, which you would expect, and, you know, truly uh, humbled by being elected, uh, you know, to the College Football Hall of Fame. He, he said, you know, it literally took his breath away when he got the call. He said he cried, you know, and again, uh, when you think of the boss, you don't think of crying, that's for sure. So he's, he's, yeah, the only time you think of crying is when the ball carrier is getting tackled by him. There you go. There you go. Well said. So, uh, you know, and the boss, you know, with that, uh, show recently, uh, 30 for 30, I think on ESPN, you know, he's kind of back into the American consciousness. So, uh, so yeah, so that was just really cool to hear him. And they were all great. Uh, you know, Bob Runig, I mean, uh, there's a guy, you know, he's a name that everybody recognizes who's a football fan for sure. Had a great career with the Cowboys. And, you know, I learned a little bit this morning about what a great career he had with, uh, Arizona state, the sun devils. Yeah, they were a, a powerhouse team. He played. Uh, Frank Cush went down there and built that program. Uh, and they were always one of those late night teams. And you're, you know, you got up early Sunday morning looking for the score. And, and more than usual, they were on the winning end of, of those games. He, he had a, you know, he had a fantastic career. He's two-time Western Athletic Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah, and I also really enjoyed. Uh, when he talked about how Frank Cush walked into his school cafeteria uh, <laughs> during lunchtime and just said, you know, I'm Frank Cush and I'm here to offer you a scholarship to Arizona State, which he, of course, <laughs> accepted. And I just thought, it's not done that way anymore, is it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, uh, that'd be quite unusual for somebody to uh, give an affirmative answer in the first meeting in the school cafeteria. Yeah, I mean, can you imagine Nick Saban or Urban Meyer walking into like a high school cafeteria and uh, just offering it face to face? That would be a classic <laughs> moment, to say the least. Although I'd like it. I, I wouldn't mind if we got back to that. Yeah. yeah, I know it's kind of refreshing to hear some of these guys talk about the recruitment. And I mean, they didn't have the World Wide Web, so they could could incise the situation like they do now. Uh, now they know all the depth charts and all the players that are. Uh, ahead of them, and uh, so it makes for a complicated decision. It does, you know, and one of the cool things about having these four people, uh, electees, uh, you know, there in person was they talked about exactly what they were doing, you know, when they got the call, and Lincoln Kennedy, I thought, you know, had a good story where he was reading to his, I believe, eight-year-old son, (laughs) and, you know, he had, uh, like got the call, interrupt the reading, and, and basically tell his son, you know, uh, 
dad needs a minute here and uh, <laughs> you know to, to learn that he's uh, elected into the college football hall of fame but you know he, he's a great talker i remember listening to him on the radio and uh so he was terrific you know very articulate uh university of washington uh again you know a lot of these guys made such big names in the pros lincoln kennedy was with the raiders that you know it, it, sometimes you just are not all that aware of the, you know, how great they might have been in college. Bob Runick being another case in point. Yeah, a lot of times, you know, they have they wear that helmet and they don't get to uh, speak before the public very often, especially an offensive lineman. Their opinion's not as valued as a quarterback and running back and wide receiver, let's say. And but he's very glib and uh, he's, he's very articulate, as you said, and spontaneous, and, and I'm sure he's excellent on the radio. Exactly. Um, you know, and in contrast to that, Brian Bosworth is, of course, most remembered for his legendary career uh, as an Oklahoma Sooner. So he's, you know, when you think of him, you think more college than pro. He did, of course, play for the Seahawks. Um, but then, then the other person uh, there in person this morning was, uh, of course, the coach, the current coach of Kansas State, Bill Snyder. And, you know, I had some awareness of, you know, how he resurrected that program. But, you know, the MC Reese Davis, basically said, you know, what he's done at Kansas State in two different stints uh, is perhaps the greatest reclamation project in college football history. And that's saying something. Yeah, I would, I would uh, agree with everything Reese said because, uh, I, you know, I'm pretty sure their record was under 500 as a program throughout the years. and. When you thought of Kansas State, you immediately thought that's a homecoming game. Right, there you go. That's a good way of saying it. Uh, they're now, of course, you know, uh, a conference and a national power. You know, they play in some huge games. And, uh, I mean, Bill Snyder, you know, he has to be among the most likable figures in college football anywhere. I mean... I look at him, and I've always felt this way on TV, watching him, and today's the first time I ever saw him in person. Um, you know, he can't have an enemy in the world. It is impossible not to like him. He just seems like the most humble guy in the world. In fact, he answered Reese Davis's claim about the greatest reclamation project ever by, you know, just a perfect answer talking about, you know, those who came before him did indeed lay, you know, a solid foundation that helped him uh, put the program over the top. John, let's just, we'll uh, define his record by saying that Kansas State has been to 17 bowls. He led him to 15. <laughs> I'd say that sums it up pretty well right there, <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, you don't. I mean, you don't want to schedule him for homecoming anymore. Let's just say that. Exactly. No, they're, they're again, you know, when they're on, you watch them. They're, they're one of those teams that you, you know you're going to see some good football when Kansas State is playing. And uh, so, yeah. Um, now, Bill Hancock, executive director of the new college football playoff organization, uh, he spoke a little bit after the news conference, and uh, did he have anything interesting to say? Uh, I, I was here preparing for the show, but I know you were able to stick around for some of Bill's comments. 
Uh, he spoke of the uh, bidding out process for the next three championships. I mean, this year's in Arlington, next year, uh, Glendale, Arizona, and the following Tampa. So they're going to bid out the next three championships and they'll probably have that, you know, start taking the bids in the spring and I'll probably announce something early fall or maybe even before that. That'll be big, huh? It's, uh, you know, Bill spoke about uh, the first time that you had to invent a sports uh, an event and the last time he thought of was maybe the Super Bowl so this is something that's still brand new and you don't know how far it's going to reach into the sky exactly well I have said that I do believe uh, and I said this before you know the last few weeks that I believe this will be on a level with the Super Bowl and literally an American sporting tradition it started already in effect, but I think, you know, it needs a little time to build up, uh, you know, three years or so. And, uh, you know, they're bidding it out to different cities like the Super Bowl has done. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's just everything I've seen. And I've been here less than 24 hours just tells me that my thoughts, my predictions, what have you on how big this thing is going to become are easily going to come true and we haven't even really gotten underway we're only one press conference in to the weekend but you know you and i were at the media center this morning and just everything uh there's a radio row uh the way the press conference was so professionally handled uh you know it's just first class all the way like a super bowl and uh so yeah i think it's just going to be you know Good and getting greater as time goes by. I mean, this is the first one, and this was the first day, but, uh, you know, it's going to become, uh, it's already spectacular, and it's going to become more so uh, with each passing year. I'm certain of that. I mean, one interesting comment Bill spoke about was when they first had, I think, the basketball championships, he was involved in that as well with the NCAA, and he said, we used to just open up the doors and the fans would come to the game, but there was nothing to do in the town that weekend. So they, they learned through the years, and of course they just transferred that knowledge to this event where there's all these other ancillary uh, events happening around town and the uh, greater uh, Fort Worth, Dallas, and Arlington area. Yes. Well, I already uh, talked about the three concerts. Uh Toby Keith, Lady Antebellum tonight, Lenny Kravitz tomorrow night, Sting Sunday night, uh, lots of other affiliated type events uh, going on as well. So yeah, it's not going to be boring, Uh, just lots of great choices, media day tomorrow morning. So yeah, it's it's off to a great start. You and I are lucky to be here. Oh yeah, very fortunate, and and it's a good opportunity to see people from across the country that you you've missed throughout the season and you can get together and trade ideas and thoughts and just reflect on the season and the upcoming uh, future of college football. Absolutely, AP. Well said. And uh, we have a lot more to cover. We're going to have to talk about, uh, not have to, we want to uh, talk about the game a little bit, which is going to be Monday night, of course, 8.30 Eastern time from uh, the Cowboy Stadium, AT&T Stadium, uh, right outside Dallas in Arlington, Texas. But uh, So why don't we take our break, and we'll talk a little uh, football after the break. 
out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Lockdown coverage. Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. If you think you've seen online TV before, let us surprise you. VoiceAmerica.tv is online now. The leader in live Internet talk radio has done it again. Multiple channels, a state-of-the-art viewing experience, live and on-demand programs streaming 24 hours a day. It's exactly what you want, when you want it. VoiceAmerica.tv. From health and wellness to business, sports, and everything in between. Discover our new world. Visit VoiceAmerica.tv now and experience the future of online television. VoiceAmerica.tv. Get the news on our shows and other happenings by following us on Twitter. Find us at VoiceAmericaTRN or Twitter.com forward slash VoiceAmericaTRN. You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to segment three of All Around Sports. And I'm your host, John Inglesby. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-888-346-9144. Or you can email me at IIR at Comcast.net. And back on the line with us still is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. And A.P., I know we said we were going to talk some football, and we will. But I just want to touch on some of the other players that, uh, you know, were elected to the Hall of Fame this morning. Uh, A couple that I touched on were, you know, personal favorites, we'll call them. You know, Wes Chandler, Tom Gatewood, Dick Jerron, and, uh, you know, Ricky Williams and and Zach Thomas. you know, just a number of great players. I was surprised, I must say, that Rob Lytle, the great running back from Michigan who was elected, is deceased. I did not realize that. No, I didn't know that, uh, John. I, I hadn't realized that. I remember he played in the Rose I think, and he were at number 41. And I recall that they used uh, his likeness when they made that movie with Dennis Quaid, and uh, everyone's all American because. He supposedly was drafted by a team and had those same colors as the Broncos. And, and then seeing that movie with Rob Lytle wearing a ball from the Broncos wearing 40. Yeah, and it, you know, given the overall perspective and like the history associated with this announcement, you know, Rob Lytle, it feels like uh, it didn't play that long ago. You know, like he's young. He obviously died young um, in his forty in his forties, I believe. So. Uh, yeah, that was just sad. Um, you know, some other name, Art Still. Like, uh, you know, I'm sure you were enjoying that, given his how they detailed his SEC impact, which was major, you know, when he played for Kentucky. 
if if uh, you happen to see Art today, John, he's a lineup right now, and I tell you, he can win a spot on an NFL roster. He's in fabulous shape. I, I actually see Art every year at the Walter Get Football Foundation, and he's all six foot seven and looks looks fabulous. Yeah, um, and he of course went on to become just a great player for the Oakland Raiders. Correct. He was with. Uh, uh, Kansas City. Oh, Kansas City, City Chiefs. Excuse me, Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, uh, sorry, I mixed them yeah, up for a second with Art. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mixed them up no, with no, Art Shell. He played primarily with Kansas City, four-time Pro Bowl uh, player, and then the uh, last two with Buffalo. But yeah, Art was terrific at that end. He was really athletic. And here's a, a trivia question. Uh, I think it still holds true. Who's the all-time leading basketball scorer at the University of Kentucky? And you'll be surprised to know that it's his sister, Valerie Still. Is that right? Wow. <laughs> I think that's still that's a, true. <laughs> that's why we bring you on, AP, among many of the reasons. We can't get this stuff anywhere else. These are You have great facts that uh, not a lot of people know. Certainly, I did not know that one. So that's a good one. That really is. So they're, uh, you know, Kentucky thoroughbred, shall we say. Yeah, Art was a great player, and uh, great he played on some of the better Kentucky teams of all time, actually. Absolutely. Oh, yes, yes. Better football teams of all time, no question about it. Uh, um, you know, I just the other night, this week, I thought it would be fun to get ready for coming out here by watching the uh, the Ohio State story with Maurice Claret and Jim Tressel and their Youngstown connection. And uh, so Jim Tressel was elected today to the College Football Hall of Fame, was announced today. And, uh, you know, after watching that show just the other night, it's very well done. I highly recommend it. And it was just, uh, you know, an interesting connection to see that he got elected today. Uh, you know, fascinating guy, to put it mildly, as, as is Claret for that matter. Yeah, Jim Trussell won at various levels in the coaching profession, uh, national titles. Uh, they began at, uh, with the titles of Youngstown State, and uh, they were a powerhouse through the years, and then he moved on up to Ohio State. I mean, Ohio State had won championships since 1968, and they beat Miami there in 2001. That's quite a dry spell for a football factory-type uh, you know, community. Yeah, well, we all remember that game, and they beat Miami, and we also, and, and it was interesting because I also DVR'd and then watched the night before I watched the Trussell Claret show, I watched uh, The U Part 2, which uh, had a heavy focus on that exact game, Ohio State-Miami. Um, we all remember, you know, the famous pass interference call from that game. So it was interesting to see it from two different perspectives, the Miami and the Ohio State perspective. But uh, I found it interesting, you know, and I learned this during the show, but Jim Trestle's dad's already in the College Football Hall of Fame. And the show touched on how he learned everything from his father, which, you know, I kind of knew, but if I knew, I probably forgot. But they really focused in pretty heavily on that show. You know, I, I can't say that I remember his dad, but I do remember the team, Baldwin Wallace. Uh, it's funny because uh, uh, middle high school, uh, they had tapes of Baldwin Wallace, that type of offense that they would 
used, and it was, you know, like a fullback, and I think two boom backs on each side, and one back on each side, and I just remember watching Bob and Wallace film in black and white film from many, many years ago, and it, it was interesting to me when he became the head coach, and they mentioned that his dad was at Bob and Wallace, because yeah, I remember that, watching that film. Exactly, exactly. And, uh, yeah, I mean, Baldwin-Wallace is a name that football fans know. And I'll speak for myself. You know, I know it, but I don't exactly know why. But now I know why. It's because Jim Dressel's father built uh, a legendary small school program out there. Uh, you know, another, uh, you know, interesting name there, I thought, was, uh, you know, from Michigan State. Clinton Jones, you know, it's a name that I remembered from, of course, the tie in 1966 between Notre Dame and Michigan State, uh, and we all remember Bubba Smith from Michigan State, but I had forgotten about Clinton Jones, and he was like a star running back in that team, to say the least. Yeah, he, you know, and John, uh, I mean, they had some notable players, you know, like you know, Bubba Smith, George Webster, Gene Washington, Duffy Doty, the Hall of Fame coach. Uh, Jimmy Ray was the quarterback when I'm the coach in the NFL in college for years. And, uh, yeah, he was a really good offensive player, you know, and, and some of the better teams and the memorable teams when you look back on uh, Michigan State's group. And he's only the eighth uh, Michigan State player after the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I'm glad you said that because I found it interesting how when they named each player today, they talked about, you know, how many were at uh, the school that they played for, how many Hall of Fame members. So, of course, I had touched earlier on Tom Gatewood, who was a personal favorite of mine growing up watching the famous Lindsey Nelson Sunday morning replays of Notre Dame games. And for whatever reason, I just loved Tom Gatewood. And, uh, uh, but he is the 45th Notre Dame player to be elected to the College Hall of Fame. Based on the numbers they gave today, um, you know, that, that was clearly the most, and I'm guessing it is the most. I, in fact, I found myself thinking when I, I wonder how many Notre Dame has, and sure enough, it was a big number, 45. <laughs> but, you know, I found a lot of them interesting. Uh, you know, I'm just going to, I'm not going to go back and name the player. We've already touched on that. But, you know, for instance, uh, you know, Rob Lytle from Michigan. He was the 30th Michigan player. Ricky Williams is the 17th Texas player. Um, Lincoln Kennedy, the 11th from the University of Washington, the Huskies. Reuben Brown from Pitt, the 19th. Uh, Dick Duran from Yale. I found this interesting. Uh, uh, the 24th. So that's a lot. I'm sure they had a lot yeah. back. Uh, you know, they, they like helped create football. <laughs> they invented football <laughs> around Yale, Walter Camp and all that. So... But I, I just found that to be, you know, a fascinating uh, aspect. Trev Alberts from Nebraska was the 17th Cornhusker. Brian Bosworth, the 21st ever Sooner. So, yeah, I just thought that, uh, you know, little known facts, but I found that pretty fascinating. Uh, I'm assuming Notre Dame is has the most at 45. I, I don't, you know, I, I could be wrong, but I'd be surprised if I am. Yeah, no, I think you're right, John. I think the two numbers that stood out for me was Pittsburgh at the, uh, had the 19. 19, I guess, and then uh, Yale had the 24. 
Yeah. The being growing up near Pittsburgh, like I did, uh, yeah, that number got my attention as well. Nineteen's uh, a lot. I, of course, had the pleasure of seeing a few of those guys when uh, I went over to watch that 1976 team. Went to a lot of pit games that year. The famous Tony Dorsett undefeated pit team that won the national championship with uh, Matt Cavanaugh as their quarterback. Uh, those were some great days. Bill Fralick is another one, I'm sure, was in. Uh, Hugh Green, I mean, wow. He was one of the greatest college linebackers ever. So, yeah, I can see them getting to 19 pretty easily. You know, Johnny Majors, the whole crew. I mean, that, that, that was quite the assemblage of talent that year, to put it mildly. Yeah, he collected quite a, quite a group. No question. No question. Um, now, I found it interesting. Sean Brewer from Millsaps, I must admit, not familiar with that school, but I wouldn't be surprised if you are, given they're down in Mississippi. Yeah, Millsaps, uh, I actually know a few guys who just finished their career there uh, last year, right there in, in uh, Jackson, Mississippi. But yeah, I was not familiar with uh, his career. Okay. I'm, again, I am not surprised at all. And uh, terrific. So, yeah, it was great. So, why don't we take our break now? Uh, and on the other side, we will actually talk this time about a little football and uh, how we think the game is going to shape up on Monday night. But for now, let's take our break and we'll talk football on the other side. Your internet flagship station for sports. Sports. Now you can take your favorite Voice America radio program with you anywhere. Sign up for our mobile app if you have an iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry. The Voice America Interactive Radio Player, powered by Aircast, gives you the freedom to listen to any of our programs anywhere, live, and on demand. No registration is required. Listen to your favorite Voice America hosts and discover new ones. Download the Voice America mobile app for iPhone, Android, or BlackBerry, powered by Aircast. Visit the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who'll drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Check your feelings at the door and enter the Man Cave. Don't let the name fool you because we're here for anybody that wants to talk and listen in. Hosts J.D. Harris and Ray Austin are here to lead the forum from the fans, former players, owners, execs, and coaches. While inside the Man Cave, you do whatever you like. We won't judge. We'll even go beyond sports to talk technology, current events, and entertainment. Tune in every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. 
You're listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net. Now, back to the show. Voice America listeners, welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby. Back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham of Bama Magazine. Before we begin, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is, of course, the college football playoff national championship, pitting Ohio State against Michigan this Monday night, 8.30 Eastern. Uh, Will be a good one. And uh, A.P., um, I'm looking at... ESPN, and they're showing Ohio State in Columbus, freezing, and uh, they're actually probably heading out to their flight, and I am literally staring out my window across the freeway at the Hilton Anatole, where the Ohio State Buckeyes will be staying. So now, after seeing this shot from Columbus and looking right at the hotel, which is a five-minute walk from here, Tops. I think I might have to go over to uh, watch their arrival this evening. I think it could be, uh, I walked through it last night, and uh, it's a spectacular-looking hotel. And I'm guessing there is going to be a lot of energy there when they walk in that building, walk into that hotel tonight around uh, early evening. Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure there's going to be a, a horde of fans uh, greeting them and right in the lobby as they make their entrance. And they're used to that type of thing. Their fans are a rabbit and they always follow the team and make a good showing wherever they play their games in the bowl season. Yeah, well, if you just dropped in there, this hotel from another planet last night and had no idea, you would have been blown away by the scarlet and gray everywhere. I mean, they are ready to receive Ohio State at the Hilton Anatole, uh, to, to put it mildly. And uh, Oregon staying a little outside of town at uh, a Gaylord property. And uh, so, yeah, that could be fun. But, you know, let's talk a little bit about the game. Uh, Ohio State, I mean, you were at the Sugar Bowl. You saw them play Alabama. I mean, with each passing day, I I find, you know, their story really becomes more and more amazing. You know, you have to almost shake your head and say, are they they really here with, you know, with a, quote, third-string quarterback? It's, it's 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 a great story. It really is. I mean, John, how many teams could dig deep on the depth chart and find a quarterback that if he's not just managing the game, he's making big plays down the field with his legs and his arms. Exactly. I mean, he is, uh, you know, six, four, six, five, two fifty. I mean, he, he is a load, uh, He's a good runner, more nimble than you would think, given his size. And he has just uh, a rocket launch arm, to put it mildly. I'm guessing he throws a 70-80 in the air if he needs to. And uh, So, yeah, you know, uh, the question is, you know, can he keep it up for a third straight game? And I did hear something interesting this morning on ESPN that, uh, you know, now there's, you know, Two game films, you know, not just the Big Ten championship that they won 59 nothing over Wisconsin. Now, you know, Oregon can study two of his games to try to get a better, uh, a better take on what he's all about. Uh, 
say the least. But, you know, Oregon, I mean, <laughs> no flies on them, as they say. They're, they're going to come in. They're going to be ready. And, you know, Mark Helfrich is like, uh, you know, being thrust into the national spotlight here, to put it mildly. Yeah, he was the offensive coordinator for the Ducks uh, prior to Chip Kelly leaving. They gave him the reins to the program. He succeeded very well. Team, uh, Marcus Mariota uh, was won the Heisman Trophy, and his team scored over 600 points. To keep, 661 points. Uh, wow. That, that, that's an astounding number. It, it is an astounding number. I mean... One of the things I am most looking forward to watching the game in person on Monday night is to see Oregon's speed in person. It's just that simple. I mean, you know, I've watched them for years on TV. We all have. Uh, love the uniforms, always have. But, uh, yeah, I just can't wait to see how fast they are in person. That, that's really the thing I am most looking forward to on uh on Monday night. Yeah, John, I think there's, uh, besides the speed of Oregon, what everyone has to be wondering is, can Ohio State withstand the initial uh, up-tempo offense, and then can they also be strong in the fourth quarter against that same style of fast-paced offense? Exactly, exactly. Um you know, I, I think it's you know has the potential to be a great game. I mean, at the end of the day, either one's a great story. If Ohio State can pull it off, that's, like, amazing. But, you know, Oregon's been, you know, in the picture for a lot of years now. And they, of course, lost a close national championship game a couple years ago to Cam Newton and Auburn. And, you know, there's a part of me that feels like, you know, it might be their time. It really is. Yeah, I think that they've been there now within the last uh, four or five years. So the bright lights are, are not going to be too uh, intimidating. And I, I think the one thing I'll watch for in this game is if Ohio State maybe jumps on top of them and Oregon comes back like they did against Michigan State, these Pac-12 teams, they're accustomed to being in 50-point games. Whereas maybe, like, I think when Michigan State played Oregon, they, they went ahead and they thought, well, we scored a lot of points. We're, we're probably going to win this thing. Well, Oregon just surpassed them, and Michigan State ran out of gas. Exactly, exactly. Well, should be fun, but, you know, before we get there, there's actually uh, not the only football being played in the next few days, of course. We have the NFL playoffs. Weird for me to be out here because, and I'm thrilled to be here, but I am going to miss the Patriots playoff game tomorrow at uh, 4.30 Eastern time. Uh, and it's supposed to be really cold there, uh, as it is really in all the cities, basically. I mean, you know, they're all sort of outdoor cold weather games uh, in a manner of speaking. And uh, so, yeah, um, Big game for the Patriots, you know. I mean, they just, the Ravens is the one team nobody in New England wanted to see, that's for sure. No, the Ravens have a history of uh, going on the road this season, the Patriots. So, you know, that's happened in the past. So I'm sure they're fearful. Uh, they want to get by this game. 
you know, Joe Flacco, he's one of those quarterbacks. He, he doesn't look pretty sometimes, but he, he can make some big throws in crucial moments. Yep, and I, of course, have witnessed every one of those Raven victories in person. I've also witnessed the Patriot victories, including the Billy Cundiff miss to send the Patriots to the Super Bowl, truly one of the great moments in Patriots history, being in Gillette Stadium at that moment. Uh, I'll never forget that. But, uh, yeah, I mean, all the you know, and the flip side is I'm not going to be at the Patriots game, but I am going to be in Dallas while the Packers and Cowboys play at noon on Sunday, noon central time, Dallas time. Uh, looking forward to that. That's going to be a unique experience to be in the city of Dallas. Uh, you know, the, to say Dallas is pumped right now is, is an understatement, both the Cowboys as well as hosting the college football playoff national championship. So that's going to be a good game. I think that, you know, that shapes up as the potential marquee game of the weekend. Yeah, and it brings back the, I guess, the last time that Cowboys played in the playoff for the uh, 67 Ice Bowl. It's hard to believe. Yeah, an interesting AP because I watched that. I did a lot of catching up on my viewing this week. <laughs> um, I watched a replay of the Ice Bowl, you know, with a lot of commentary and whatnot. Great film of Vince Lombardi. It was fabulous and got me prepared for the game. So it was really fun. I, I learned a lot. I thought I knew everything there was to know, but I learned a lot. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how the Cowboys are going to play in that cold weather. Uh, it's going to be fascinating to see if uh, Tony Romo, you know, he played up in eastern Illinois, so he comes from a cold country, but you uh, need more than just a quarterback to be successful against the uh, Green Bay. That's a good point. That's a good point, AP. And, uh, you know, Aaron to me is about Aaron Rodgers' thigh could decide that game. But the other two games, as we're under a minute here, is, uh, of course, Panthers at Seahawks, Colts at Broncos, both outdoor 40s. Uh, So should be a lot of fun. It was 15 below for the... Ice Bowl, it's supposed to be 15 above for the game on Sunday in Green Bay, so it's going to be a great three, four days of football, AP, and once again, great job. Thank you for all your expertise, and uh, look forward to seeing you very soon. Hey, John, it's my pleasure. Always good to be around college football with you. It sure is, that's for sure. Well said. And as Thank you all for listening to All Around Sports, and we look forward to doing it again next Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. Thanks again for tuning in to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Friday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.